Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Vicki Burkhart, who is the CEO of the More Than Giving Company, as well as the executive director of Kids Chance of America. Hello, Vicki. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Doing really well, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk with you more about all of the wonderful work that you've been doing. But before we get into that, if you wouldn't mind, can you, for our listeners, go into a little bit more detail about your background and how you got to where you are today? Well, I I started in advancement work, uh, I hate to actually admit it, about 40 some years ago. So I, I have been in the industry for quite some time. Uh, my last position, paid position, was as the vice president for advancement at a major medical school in Philadelphia. And I took a leave. I had some young children at the time, two, four, and six and was looking for some part-time work to really create a little bit more balance in my life. That led to a few clients that I was able to help, and one thing led to another, and the Burkhart Group, which is now the More Than Giving Company, was created. And just doing a little bit of my figuring, uh, we are now entering our 25th year as the More Than Giving Company. Um, so it has been a, a nice and long run. When I when I started the company, Sean, just to give you a little bit of history, my I was leaving an operation that had probably 100 people in the advancement office. I mean, a lot of professionals dealing with every detail from soliciting major gifts all the way down to making sure that the right acknowledgement letter went out. And when I started working on my own, I was really working with, you know, sometimes all volunteer shops, shops with one or two paid staff members. And I think my my core mission in creating the Burkhart Group and now the More Than Giving Company was to be able to um, provide the same level of professional support to all nonprofit organizations, no matter their size or depth um, or ability um, with resources. And that's really how we got started. And I think, you know, as a, a, an association management company, initially, we were bringing that expertise into nonprofits that needed some support. And what we have really grown into is a virtual nonprofit staffing uh, company that staffs for expertise uh, for professional experience, not necessarily just filling positions. And I think what we've learned over 25 years is that Nonprofits have a, a myriad of needs and often not the resources to meet all those needs. And it's where our model sort of comes into play. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on the incredible progress and success. 25 is an incredible milestone. And I know this is a topic in particular. Obviously, I work with a lot of nonprofits as well, too, where it is a super unique challenge for them. Uh, plenty of unique aspects about those challenges relevant specifically to the nonprofit world. And it's something that's critically important for them for fulfilling their mission. So I know you have a lot of experience both as an operator in nonprofits and now providing one of the critical services that they need most. Uh, and I've had a lot of success with that. So super excited to talk to you more about what some of those unique challenges are and how nonprofits either go about solving them. Uh, sometimes that work well, sometimes they don't. And, you know, what you might recommend in terms of how to solve those in a better way. So that'd probably be the best place to go is I know there's a lot of talk about some of the frustrating challenges nonprofits go to when it comes to hiring and building their teams. Can you share with us what some of those are? 
Well, I think even before uh, the pandemic, nonprofits were struggling with having enough resources to really hire the expertise that they need. I think some of that has come from just a long time uh, focus on making sure that nonprofits are spending most of their money on their cause and not on their infrastructure. I think I've seen a lot of uh, nonprofits stifled by board members who just are hesitant to spend money on infrastructure. So we were in the long run, I think, starving our nonprofits with out being able to give them what they need to succeed. In fact, there are quite a few studies, and I've written about it myself, the starvation cycle, where you know we're just not allowing them the resources that they need to survive. And as a nonprofit professional, I have seen this over and over again with nonprofits that I've been working with. Some of it is, is just, I think, just sticking to a traditional model of filling full-time positions that may or may not be the perfect fit for the organization versus looking at bringing in expertise where we need it. I think part of what I have learned over the years is that it's more than just the expertise. So as a consultant, I can go in, for instance, and put together a strategic plan But if I leave and there's no one within the organization who has the wherewithal to be able to project manage, to make sure that those benchmarks are hit, to make sure that the board and the staff stay focused on that plan, nine times out of 10, it just gathers dust. So it wasn't a really good use of the resources to begin with. I did some work with accelerator programs where I would go in and work with a nonprofit who was struggling to scale and work with board development and fundraising capacity and start to build internally the systems that the the nonprofit didn't have in place that it needed in order to scale. But without that base support, and whether that's project management, admin, et cetera, you could see the organization start to fail and move back because there just wasn't enough resource and support to keep it going. That's part of where we created the nonprofit virtual assistant program, which I kept doing accelerator programs, but I would bring my administrative team with me. That person or persons would do all of the back end thing, process documents, making sure that things were organized either in a Dropbox or Google Drive, making sure that there was a calendar and a timeline etc. And the organizations I was working with got so used to having that administrative support working directly with them that in some cases I would leave and part of that exit would be helping them find admin support. I thought after a while, why not create my own that is trained and certified in nonprofit virtual um, assistance and nonprofit best practices so that I had an option of, uh, you know, really being able to provide for nonprofits a solution to that, that administrative support. So it really, I think the direction that our company has taken really has come from case after case after case with nonprofits of seeing, you know, really good programs, really good projects, proposals, plans 
go astray because the resources, meaning the people resources, were not in place to help them do that. Yeah, it's a great point. And having done a lot of that consulting also in the nonprofit space myself, I'm intimately familiar with that as a problem where you can come up with a plan, but you ultimately still need someone to execute and implement said plan and then own it moving forward, right? So a lot of stuff sits on a shelf if it doesn't have that team in place in order to implement it. And as such, the results will be somewhat lackluster or not what they ultimately could be, right? That's That's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. And I use things, you know, if we really want to sort of move into the technical space, I use CRMs as a perfect example. Nine times out of 10, the the nonprofits are using maybe 2%, 5% of the capacity of some of the technical support that they have. And again, leaving a lot of time and and resource on the table because they either don't have the expertise or don't have the time or frankly are taken in so many different directions that they just do the bare necessities and move on. It's one of the areas that we're starting to focus on a little bit more with our our staffing model because we can provide that bridge from from the technical helpline to the client to make sure that those those applications and that software is really better utilized. Yeah, that's a great point too, is like leveraging tools and resources to the full extent of their capability as well too. That's often somewhat underwhelming here as well too. What would you attribute that to? Is it also personnel? Is it expertise? Some combination of both? As in like, sometimes they don't have the right tools and sometimes they have the tools, but they're not, they're underutilizing them. Love to hear you talk more about like where, where you see those get stuck. Well, I think some of it comes down to, Sean, you know, and I'll use myself as an example. So I, I'm the executive director of a major national nonprofit organization that has 50 state affiliates and a staff of about 10 people. We we just recently moved into putting our, you know, thousand spreadsheets into a CRM. I'd be the first person to stand up and say, I have no idea how to work the technical end of this particular application. And I need the resources not only to get our information into the system, but to be able to utilize it to its fullest and to be able to share that with not only the staff, but also the volunteers to do that. And one of the decisions we made right up front was to get somebody on board, a project manager with technical expertise that could not only help us get started, but also continue to provide the support we need with the system. So I can guarantee you, we are now using that to a bigger extent than we ever would if Vicki Burkhart, as the executive director, was responsible for maintaining that system. And I use that example a lot um, with, with other areas within nonprofits. Fundraising, for instance, I, I we're working with a lot of, of uh, clients right now and helping them expand or build their development function, their fundraising program. And in many cases, they come to us looking for, you know, a position. So they're looking for somebody who can do all of our gift acknowledgements, run our CRM, make sure that we have individual major gifts and some corporate um, uh, sponsorships. Well, 
All four of those positions require different expertise, different skills, and different experience. So my answer to that usually is, I would prefer to put a team together that will bring you the corporate relation experience that you really need to develop a successful corporate sponsorship program. And, you know, the guidance that you may need from an individual giving specialist to really put together a major gifts program. And then certainly a project manager and somebody with data experience to really pull together that back end. So you have that humming as you're making more donor relationships, there is a system behind the scenes that is capturing all that information and really making sure that that relationship is not only confirmed and supported, but also cultivated and stewarded along the way. Very well said. Uh, Particularly attractive, I feel, is that personnel that you might add into the mix that has not just project management expertise, but also some technical as well, too some technical product man, uh, project managers, maybe even product managers. I think this is something that starting, I'm starting to see more buzz about it in the nonprofit circles, but it's not something that's commonly talked about. Yet I've seen many nonprofits, including the ones that I've worked with, where they've gotten a lot of impact at the organization, folks that have that skill set. There's a bunch of areas where they can apply somebody with that area of expertise, but they haven't had access to it before. So I kind of want to use that to lead into a question that I would ask you in terms of, you know, among some of the unique challenges these nonprofits face regarding personnel is how they may be able to think differently in terms of bringing folks like that into their organization and the areas in which they can have impact. And then thinking through budgeting and options in terms of fractional and full-time and different types of, you know, uh, work type contractor, W-2, that type of thing. There's a lot of variables to consider. And I'd love since you have so much expertise and in, uh, in uh, experience in operating a nonprofit yourself, how nonprofits can maybe start to change the way that they think about how to do these things to start benefiting from some of those results. Well, I think a good place to start is to is to begin to look at team as as the expertise that you need to bring into your nonprofit to make it work, to make it successful to help it reach its goals versus the individuals that you need to have on on board. And I think it's a it certainly is a mind shift for the nonprofit organizations. I believe for-profit businesses have have started down that road a lot more. And then and then realizing that teams can be built in a multitude of ways. It, it teams can be built with volunteers and and I think we have to acknowledge that there are nonprofits that are still primarily volunteer uh, driven and volunteer supported, but more likely we need professional expertise and experience in those teams. That could come from full-time employees. It also can come from contractors who are bringing a piece of expertise to the table. I think we get very caught up sometimes in full-time versus part-time, and I like to look at it as you know, monthly commitment of expertise on the team. So, you know, getting back to my example um, about Kids Chance, we may have a program developer who is working 40 hours a month. We may have a fundraiser in individual gifts who's working 15 hours a month. We build our team based around the expertise that's needed 
how that expertise really impacts the goals of the organization, how we can measure those deliverables. And I think measurement is a really big factor, especially when you're trying to sell um, you know, additional resources to your, your finance committee when you're laying out a budget. Um, but I have worked very, very long, probably 12 years now with Kids Chance of America. And I think Kids Chance has gotten very comfortable with the fact that we've got a bench of people that we can bring in and out of the organization depending upon what the needs are. If we are looking at a, a major program emphasis, there are people with program skills that we can bring into that scope of services to address that goal. If it is a fundraising issue, it's their you know 10th anniversary, we can bring the fundraising expertise in that we need. We can, we can be flexible with that bench within the scope of services. So when you hire a team and you're you're giving out annual contracts, you're sort of set with those people. When you hire a fractional team, as our model dictates, you can you can sort of sub in and bring in and out the people that you need to accomplish that. And I think this nonprofit sits back sometimes and says, "I'm I'm sort of um, uh, surprised." by how much we can accomplish based on the team approach versus what that would look like if we had to hire people to fit each of, each of those spots. So I think flexibility, expandable bench, the, the opportunity to secure the expertise that you need when you need it not anticipating that one person is going to meet the bill on all of that. And then taking what you have in resources, if you want to talk about budget, um, I often say you can you can you can hire one position for eighty thousand dollars plus, you know, benefits, et cetera. You can take eighty thousand dollars and build teams with that eighty thousand. You may have, four or five or six people that are coming in with different skill sets um, and still be under what that may cost in a, in a single individual who you're anticipating is going to do everything that this team of people is going to be. Um, it's not a model for everyone, but I think it's worth thinking about when you look at the whole and, and you look at your strategic plan, you know the direction that the organization wants to go in and the expertise it needs. A lot of it also comes down to, I think, the leadership, the executive director, the CEO, and, and being able to protect the time that that individual needs to lead the organization and to do the things at the executive director level so that other pieces of the organization can hum because there is a team of people who are addressing those. Couldn't agree more. I love the flexibility and the agility of the proposed, you know, thinking of this differently as opposed to it has to be a person and that person has to be full-time. And I, I see a lot of organizations that try that and then said individual winds up not being all that busy all the time, which ends up being like severely underutilized or they don't really know like what else to give them to do because the, the hiring plan wasn't the most efficient or the most effective. So I think that's what excites me the most about the agility and the flexibility of this as a strategy and figuring out like focus on your need as opposed to like a seat, so to speak, because that might not 
you know, give you the best bang for the buck when it comes to impact. I also love you thinking about budget more creatively as well, too, in terms of, okay, so with this budget, who can we get full time? Well, that might not be particularly well aligned with your mission and how it's going to drive the best impact. Maybe you want someone with more expertise, but you need less of their time. As such, you can get more creative with how to leverage that budget and pull someone in that may be operating in fractional uh, method, right? Exactly. But that delivers better impact or more of what it was you actually really needed. So love all everything about these concepts. And I've seen them work really well, even in the nonprofit world. Um, I've offered a lot of services in that way as well, too. I'd love to hear you uh, in terms of speaking to like the executive directors and the CEOs out there who are less familiar with this as a concept or haven't really leveraged it much yet, what's your best advice for them in terms of how to change the way they may think or what getting started with something like that might look like at their organization? Well, and I think sometimes it is is convincing, you know, your finance committee or your board that this is the right way to go. And I think a lot of it, Sean, has to do with with you know, fractional staff is a little different than consulting. So a consultant comes in typically, and I consult, and we'll put together a plan and you're contracted for that plan, et cetera. Not in all cases will that consultant also be responsible for implementation. So I think what we're trying to do, I I believe, is to look at the, the expertise and the time and resources that we need to execute. And I think approaching it um, in a different manner and looking at uh, what what we need in that team when we need it. So to your point, what an organization may need in 2023 may be very different in 2024, depending upon how we do it. We may need a little bit more of this and a little bit less of that. So what I would be saying to executive directors, which is really what I do, because when I put together teams for clients, I am really talking to the client about where are your pain points? I usually start with the executive director and say, what don't you do want to do anymore? What don't you do well that someone else can do? What do you hate to do? And you, you just don't look at it. And where do you really feel like your time will best benefit the organization? And once we get number four, sort of ratcheted out, then we work on how one, two, and three can be subsumed by other team members with different expertise. And I often, before I meet with an executive director, will have them sit and make those lists so that when we get together, I have a really good feel also for where the majority of their current time is going and where it really needs to be. And that's the argument that we go back and make to the finance folks and say, look, you know, the, the executive director was hired to do this, this, and this. In reality, we're spending a lot of time doing this type of work because there are not team members or resources in place who can do this. Not give us a plan, but actually do it. Uh, and, and I think that's where we're starting to make some um, advances in the thinking around what teams 
could look like. And I see even in renewals with certain clients that are starting to expand their team, that they're starting to get it. So they come back and say, gosh, it was a great year. We really got that program off. Now I'm thinking I'd really like to, you know, emphasize, you know, a partnership program with corporations in our industry. What does that look like? And then we start to sort of move over to what skills, expertise, and background need to come into play to make that happen. What resources are already there? What volunteer relationships do they have? What do we need to do to sort of make all of that work? And that's how we approach the team. So I think the leader needs to to take a look at that and, and try to separate the people from the positions and the expertise and the resources that they need. I think it's, it's easier said than done, especially if you've got a team in place because you want to take care of your team and those people that are brought on. But certainly as you expand, as positions become available, that's the time to really take a a moment to rethink whether your, your current plan is the best plan for building the right team. Well said, excellent advice. And I'm excited for nonprofit leaders to think through what you've explained to them in terms of how you can start to shift in a particular direction, how you think about solving these problems in creative ways for which we've seen a lot of organizations make a lot of great impact and progress. Uh, So Vicki, thank you a ton for being here and sharing your knowledge and expertise. I know this will be valuable for the nonprofit leaders out there that are tuning into my show. Um, I've only got a few questions for you before we let you go. And it's largely, are there any other parting thoughts that you have for nonprofit leaders out there or anybody uh, working in a mission-driven organization, as well as What's the best way for folks to go to learn more about your work or get in contact with you? Well, I I think I would my parting my parting comment, Sean, would be just to encourage everyone. And I don't want to say think out of the box because I think that's overused, but to look at a team approach and a model to what you're doing and how you're staffing your organization that's going to work for you as an executive director, going to work for the organization and going to make the most sense moving forward. We're seeing so much transition in the workplace right now. Uh, The competition for positions is growing. Um, I think there's a lot of benefit to looking at fractional staffing, knowing that these folks are coming out of other clients and other worlds where they bring real-time expertise to your organization. It gets really difficult to get stale when you've got people coming in and out of the group. Um, And I see that myself, even with those clients and and certainly Kids Chance is one of them. Um, You can reach me and I'm I'm happy to do a a free 30 minute consultation with everyone. My website is is morethangiving.co. Reach out uh, through the website and I would be happy to even talk more specifically with any group who is interested about how a fractional staffing model may work. Thank you a ton, Vicki. And uh, for all of our listeners out there, we'll include those details in the show notes in terms of everything that's Vicki shared. So if you want to reach out and get in contact or uh, reach her website for her organization, you can find all that information there. Vicki, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Sean. It was, it was great. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Impact. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you'd like to learn how to scale impact at your nonprofit organization by more than double in less than half the time, I'd encourage you to sign up for my free five-day email course at nextstep.io forward slash impact. That's nextstep.io, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io forward slash impact.